0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another interesting trade day. We're going to dive into what happened on the livestock side. Not a real pretty picture on this cattle. Hogs, on the other hand, had some positivity. But it was the uptick that happened in the grain side. I think may have been a part of an influence on this cattle market. We're going to get all the details today with Brad Coima. He's with Coima, Coima & Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So are we just kind of hesitant in this livestock sector, I've seen a couple headlines using that specific word.
1: Yeah, I well, thanks for having me on, first of all, Susan. I think, you know, for me, I, I guess I would start the whole cattle dialogue with the fact that, uh, well, like October cattle just had 15 consecutive updates. Uh, December wasn't quite that many, but a big rally. So, you know, we've gotten ourselves technically overbought on a faster than normal Um, and so those kind of markets can get you know down days Uh, and so I I, I didn't think that a small down day today after the kind of rally that we've had at least for me wasn't too alarming Um, you know somebody might say they're waiting on cash uh, but you know typically on Wednesdays there isn't much cash anyway early indications that we're seeing I sure think cash is going to be higher uh, this week so I guess I would call it more for a a pause for the cause, perhaps.
0: I like that, a pause for the cause. Uh, Having said that, Cash, how high could we see it go, Brad?
1: Well, I know I'm going to ask 156. That doesn't mean I'm going to get it. Uh, But I think if you happen to be fortunate to be sitting on some high-grading kind of quality cattle, um, you know, last week I passed 152 for those kind of cattle. I sure think a couple higher is in, in the cards on those kind of cattle anyway. You continue to see a huge spread between choice and select. Uh, and, you know, the, the overall grading in the South in particular remains extremely poor. Uh, and that's driven by cost of gain, which that's not going to change anytime soon either. So I still think this striving to find some cattle that'll grade will, 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 uh, will uh, provide a, you know, a bullish uh, prop under the market.
0: Some higher box beef numbers as well being talked about in this trade.
1: Yeah, what a coincidence! You know, know. Cash gets higher, and then the boxes rally eight dollars two days. Yeah, amazing.
0: So, what do you, what do you see? as the the uh, is it just a copycat? Let's follow along and see what happens. Tongue in cheek, of course.
1: <laughs> I think the packer does, de- you know, decide what to charge for boxes right? yeah it's a buy and sell deal i'm being sarcastic of course but uh you know as as the packers margin tight, you know he's going to try his hand at seeing if he can sell meat higher and i guess i don't blame him uh for that but uh to me you know the boxes sat in that 270 to 275 range for a long time this spring and summer i see no reason why we can't go back to those levels um and and you know to, to sit here and 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 talk about tight margins or red margins for the packer i would tell you that That is a characteristic of a bull market. What that's telling you is that there's not enough cattle to go around, and they have to finally compete, and that finally the feedlot's got a bit of leverage, and and he's able to become more of a price maker instead of just a price taker, so you the tight margins really don't bother me. I think it's a characteristic of of a bull market.
0: Do you have any feedstuff concerns, especially when you look at this, this feeder cattle market knowing what's out there in the countryside?
1: How can you not? After living through this last year feeding period, uh, you know, and unfortunately we have some of the same issues this year, and that is a regional imbalance in the supply of corn. You know, some areas not very far from where I am had a very, very big crop. Uh, You know, you go sixty, seventy miles east of me here in northern Iowa, and they had a some guys claiming a record. Uh, You, you, my area, and then if you dip into that Nebraska area. Our areas that the crop was much, much shorter than normal. And so, yeah, you're, you're going to have, and the freight is high. We all know that, right? Um, you know, so you're going to have some problems with basis that are going to be regional, I think. And the river deal is, is, uh, is another issue all to itself, too, with that. So, yes, I think we're really worried. I'm hoping, I guess, quietly that last year, I think we got caught some, some did anyway, me included, uh, by surprise by the extreme. Uh, basis that we had unprecedented and so you know i think that there's been more sensitivity to preparing for that this year so i hope that maybe that softens the flow and maybe it won't be as, as crazy as it was this year
0: what about the guys to the south when you look at kansas oklahoma texas trying to fill these feedlots and they've got feed shortages even worse than what we do in the north
1: i'm not sure exactly what they're going to do uh you know to, to refer back to the cattle and feed report uh, last week you know placements and i apologize i don't have the data right in front of me. but from memory i think texas was down 12 percent and kansas down 8 percent year-on-year-on placements uh, frankly i don't know how they compete um you know cost of gain here is certainly high enough but cost of gain there is a lot higher um and I, you don't suppose maybe that some of these cattle are going to move north to the source of the feed i i guess that would make sense to me um now kansas the irony there is kansas has built and overbuilt and overbuilt their feed yards the last two years to a fairly well so uh, i don't know how they're going to get through this deal without having some empty pens i just don't think there's enough cattle to go around
0: nice to see the continued green though for these lean hogs
1: oh man that that's been a uh, rocket ship i tell you what uh, they take no prisoners there. straight down and straight up again um you know the bullish commentary on the hogs has to begin with uh demand and uh you know second sentence is exports uh exports have been uh, off off the charts here the last little bit i i'm a, a bit of a supply side worrier susan um i think you are going into more numbers uh you're going into this december slot which is usually a seasonal low time uh poor demand and big numbers um, you know, and you don't have the empty building, empty ten stories here that we had earlier this year and the hog thing. Um, so I don't know. You know, as a supply sider a little bit I'd be a little careful about uh, you know, getting real gunned up on the hogs after the kind of big move.
0: Lots of things that we're looking at. When we continue, I want to come back and and take a look at any other factors that you see might be moving in this livestock trade. And when we come back, we'll also take a focus of what's happening on the grain complex. You know, we did see some higher numbers in the grains today. Corn, beans, and the wheat, unfortunately, saw the negativity. We can just blame that mostly on what's been happening on the weather. Joining us for this Tuesday version of the Fontanelle Final Bell is Brad Coima. We do have more coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.
1: Fontenelle Hybrids delivers proven performance year after year. In farmer-managed trials over the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available-leading volume corn products. That's a 74% win rate on farms just like yours. Contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or go to fontenelle.com to learn more. Read and follow Pesticide Label Directions, Grain Marketing, and other R V M.
0: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation with Brad Coima. He's with Koima Coima, and varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. As we wrap up the livestock side of it, um, we are winding down October, hitting November. So the focus, of course, does turn to the turkeys uh, versus the other proteins. Having said that, with turkey prices being up higher, is there the opportunity from a consumer perspective to maybe be looking at beef or pork?
1: Well, I sure love that idea. You know, the market seems to have bought into that one day, um, or unless you're at our house, where there's leftovers for three days, I guess, of the stuff. Uh, Seasonality in the market. um, And and ham seems to have come out of displaced altogether. Uh, That's really become the uh, ugly stepchild of the pork product. Um, There has been... You bring up an interesting point because it seems like the the, I don't know what the right word is here the paradigm or the expectation of demand. When I talk to some of these, I call them meatheads, and I mean that not meanly. I mean, guys, that that's all they do with is meat sales and purchases and stuff. You've seen a shift, uh, you know, back toward uh, retail purchasing of beef uh, away from just H and R, and you've also seen. Like it or not, the reality is is you seem to have also moved a uh, segment of the population. There's there's a bigger middle up uh, upper middle class and a smaller lower middle class. But yeah, it's unfortunate, but there does seem to be this group of, you know what? I think I'd rather have a ribeye, um, and whether that's just for Thanksgiving or if that's you know every weekend. Uh, there has been some separation in some of the, the high-end uh, middle meat cuts. That We'll see once what happens. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of places that still will eat turkey for a day, and we'll get on down the road, and it'll be fine.
0: All right, let's look over at the, the grain side of everything today. And like I mentioned going into the break, we did see some higher numbers on the corn and the beans. And as you and I were talking during the commercial break, the dollar has a lot of influence to what we're seeing in this grain complex today.
1: Well, I thought maybe that was kind of the, the chapter one deal today of, of, of why we did what we did, why there was firmness, at least in the corn and the beans, um, because the dollar, of course, has been a negative uh, factor for a long time. Um, and, you know, finally today, I, you know, I can say something that's opposite of that. We actually had the, uh, the U.S. dollar below moving averages that uh, the 40-day that we haven't been, I think, and again, I apologize, i on the screen in front of me, but Maybe middle of August is the last time we were down here, so you've got a uh, a, a softer looking picture at least chart wise on the dollar and we're quite a ways off our highs so uh, you know that helps our export partners for sure uh, you know some of the gloomy side of that export uh, market and that you know the overall uh, uh, supply demand of the thing unfortunately hasn't gone away. You still have the Mississippi River very very low you still are are, are lacking something you know uh, in in terms of a Uh, Ukraine-Russia deal, it looks like now we're back, settled into the idea that they're going to, you know, keep that, uh, renew that uh, corridor trade. Um, But, you know, if something changes there, of course, then the wheat will spike and it'll take the corn right with them.
0: So, looking at... um the weather proximity and, and all the chatter that's out there of this front that's moving through that might bring rains um obviously as far south as as oklahoma and texas but even for maybe you or i in the midwest to see some rains are the grains kind of watching that and taking some interest
1: Oh, no, for sure uh no question about it uh especially going into there's a lot of you know the last several drought maps which everybody probably looks at until they're tired of it um, you know shows this expansion of these dry areas and i i think that it would give some a little bit of calmness to the trade if we could at least shrink some of those areas as we move toward wintertime here and, and you're you're getting a smaller window here where you know this moisture does uh the subsoil some good here while the ground's still not frozen um, so there's no question and particularly you know first off would be in the wheat uh that could be a factor on cattle too of course if they can get those wheat pastures going uh, I, I hope that it just starts and, and rains for two weeks straight. Uh, we did catch a little rain in northwest Iowa, not enough to make a difference yet. I know that central Iowa's caught a little bit of rain, so there is some improvement, but uh, we could use a whole lot more, of course.
0: Brad, I'm curious, what are you hearing in the countryside? I know we've been talking basis-wise a lot this last week or so, but are they holding and storing on their own, or are they looking to take it into town?
1: You know, that's a good question. I, I would say generally, Chris, you you know preface this with i'm sitting in a in you know in, in a maybe the highest corn consumption county in the universe okay you know um uh, number one in hogs number one in cattle number one in dairy number one in chickens that's in iowa County, and then we've got nine i believe ethanol plants within 100 miles of us so um there probably is not a lot of uh uh not a lot of stored corn deal i i, I think that Anybody that's got some extra is going to hold for a stronger basis because that worked last year. There seems to be more of a willingness here, at least, to sell beans. Um, Big price, historically high off the combine. Uh, And then some people maybe even are looking at, well, what about South America? They've got a big chunk planted so far. It looks like it's okay.
0: Super great conversation today, Brad. Best way for folks to get a hold of you.
1: Well, there's a couple ways. You can sure call us uh, at 89 or you could try our website, kkvtrading.com.
0: All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the rural.